0: Welcome to the Heroes of Reality podcast, a podcast about the game of life and the hero's journey we all experience. Let's jump in with our host, Dylan Watkins, as he introduces today's guest.
1: Welcome to another special episode of the Heroes of Reality podcast, co-working with the World Happiness Week. On today's episode, I have Shazi Vizram. She is the founder of Happy Family Brands, founder and CEO of Healthy Baby, Shazi Visram is an entrepreneur and a mother committed to bettering the world through businesses that are socially, financially, and environmentally enlightened. Her life work is in protecting our children's neurological health. And so without any further delay, I'd like to welcome Shazi.
0: Hey, Dylan. Nice to be here with you.
1: Hey, I'm excited to talk to you. When uh, when we connected with the World Happiness Fest to uh, work within this, and I, I could think of nobody better. Uh, then uh, founder, CEO of the uh, Happiness Brands and all that you do. I know this is a big part of your world, is creating happiness with children. Um, and I'd love to kick things off with understanding like what got you started into this space.
0: Well, um, I mean, I actually launched Happy Baby. That's what it was called when we first launched. Now it's Happy Family Organics. But um, I launched Happy Baby, I started working on it in 2003. And, um, this is pre ever having a child of my own, but I, I did have this like one kind of deep insight, which was number one, parents always need more support. And it was around the time that I started having friends who were having babies and they felt badly about everything. And it was really sad to see someone I loved and respected so much, kind of like have this guilt trip about not being good enough or being a a better parent, even though she's perfect. And, um, so there's that. And then she was also telling me that she wished that she could have made all of her baby's food fresh at home from organic food at the farmer's market. And I, I thought, well, that's interesting. You know, she's like not only feeling bad, like it's so hard to do that, you know? And at the time, um, everything in the world of baby food was really hyper-processed and less than around 3% of it was organic. So that means like 97% of the food that we were feeding our babies then was, you know, maybe had a shelf life of three years and maybe, um, you know, was, was grown with the use of pesticides, chemicals, toxins that not only go into the baby's body, but into our soil. And I thought, oh, God, this is a really neat opportunity for me to make the world a better place, because if you actually can change a new family's dynamic and give them something better, they'll adopt those choices forever, and that's how you change the world. So I thought, oh, of course, organic baby food, that's the answer. Um, And so that's kind of how I got started, which was the beginning of a very long and challenging journey.
1: (laughs) it wasn't just snap your fingers and then it instantly became a, a um, house. Of yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Some people don't like they don't realize the the toils and struggles it goes through. But what I love about this is that your business was birthed to wanting to create happiness for your friends. You saw someone in pain, you saw someone struggling, you saw a need, and you know the effect that food has on the body. I mean, a lot of people don't realize that your gut is your second brain. And then what you feed it, has an effect on your mood. Can you talk to me a little bit about that?
0: Yeah, um, it's interesting that you jump right in because that's like the, the my whole second company. Um, because when I realized what everything about organic food makes so much sense, right? You're creating a more sustainable world. It's, it can eventually be regenerative. If we focus on it, which at Happy, we do. Um, carbon neutral, like there are so many initiatives that I'm really proud of from the Happy Family standpoint. But then it stopped at food. And then for me at home, when I did actually have a child, I had a son with autism. And um, actually, when he was born, he was perfectly typically developing the first 18 months of life. And then around 18 months, 20 months, um, he started getting sick. And we were always on antibiotics. Mm-hmm. And um, and we were, you know, it was just this like vicious cycle of upper respiratory infection ear infection antibiotics. And it happened for maybe four times. And then um, around his second birthday, I started really being nervous because he was losing a lot of the milestones that we had gained and he was actually going backwards. And um, I mean, regressing to the point where he used to point, show us the moon, talk about the moon, dance, like all the things that is like the perfection of a happy baby. And then ultimately, the big irony is that despite me being the CEO and founder of what was the fastest growing and still is organic baby Mm -hmm. food company in the country, um, but at the time I was really working so hard, Um, you know, the irony is despite that, Mm -hmm. my own child's neurological health was affected by other things in the environment other than food because, of course, he always had organic food. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I learned that. Actually, I learned a lot about gut health and how it is the tissue that is so linked to the brain and that the variety and the health of our microbiomes are so important for, um, for not just behavior, but if there's inflammation in the gut, there's inflammation in the brain. And if there's inflammation in the brain, you're going to get a lot of behaviors that are not typical. So there are many symptoms, actually, in the world of autism that can be improved by treating the gut. And so I've kind of focused on that for our son um, at home the last many years, but I've learned so much else about, you know, the factors that, um, that affect our children's developmental health. And it's, it's like heavy, um, but it's really, I'm so happy to be able to talk about it Mm -hmm. because, you know, we're like, we just, we're living this, Global pandemic, which I think is about to become endemic, at least for us in the states, maybe. Mm -hmm. Um, But like to me, the real epidemic that we have not been talking about is the epidemic of our children's developmental health. I mean, it is a massive crisis, like a crisis that we've never seen before. So, when Zane was diagnosed, there was I think it was one in two hundred and fifty babies would have an autism diagnosis or children, Mm -hmm. and then four years ago, it was one in 69. And then April 2020, they changed it from one in 69 to one in 58, I think, this is the CDC. And then in December 21, just a couple months ago, it went to one in 44 children in the United States. So that, and it actually is higher with boys. So boys are probably around, around five, it's almost 5%. And then in California, this is one you probably. I don't know if you've heard this one. One in twenty-six children in the state of California have an autism diagnosis.
1: Wow, what's the cause? What's the progression?
0: So you know, there's a lot of mystery behind this uh-huh. because they're, they're so it's such a broad spectrum. Um, mm-hmm. And so, I, as much as like I can't so speak to the science. What I can say is that number one, there is a genetic maybe underlying. Um, aspect to it because but mm. see genetics don't evolve that quickly it, yeah. it's impossible to go from one in ten thousand twenty years to go to one in 44 today and yeah. you can't say it's over diagnosed because I remember growing up and I didn't know a single person with autism
1: yeah
0: um, but the environment I mean they kind of say well genetics loads the gun and the environment pulls the trigger mm-hmm. and uh, you know our environments are radically different than they were when many of us were growing up. And, um, and then it's also not just the environment of like toxins and maybe the mother's toxic, you know, burden of toxins that she's accumulated over her lifetime, but it's also the environment that you bring the baby into. And that's like the the love and the social environment. That's that, that's that time to connect. That's also drastically changed. And when we talk about happiness, it's hard to not talk about depression. And during during the pandemic you know it was estimated pre-pandemic that 15 percent of new moms suffered from postpartum depression it's a very real thing there's so many hormones and it's a really challenging time for anybody it's just so hard you know it's just so hard and um i mean i remember bringing zane home from the hospital And just kind of being in shock and we had the C-section and we lived in this tiny one bedroom apartment in Jersey city, you know, on, we were pretty much, even though I had my company, we pretty much lived a low income life because we had no money and, Mm -hmm. um, and we didn't have the resources we have today. And it was so hard. And now if at post pandemic, the postpartum depression rate is estimated around 33%
1: wow so a third of every woman is is getting that postpartum depression as they're giving birth and they're they have to deal with that on top of paying bills on top of you know you know raising a child
0: the baby yeah and like the time you're supposed to be bonding and connecting with your baby if we're not supported it's really hard to do that and so a lot of my work is like how can we create equity in the work environment so Moms can have the support they need. How can you do it at a public policy level to ensure there are mental maternal health benefits you know, and paternal health benefits so parents can bond with their babies? And then how can we ensure that maternal health is a priority? Oh. Yeah.
1: Well, since we're, and I can hear you fine. Um, so one of the things I would love to dive into is if we're looking at that from a policy level, if we're looking at that from an, a, an, a level of actual policies, um, I'd love to dive into that and actually explore what does that mean for you. Can you hear me okay?
0: I can, I just got a phone call, so I, I okay. don't, know, don't know how that happened,
1: sorry. Okay, it's okay. But I'd love to explore from a policy level, cause you talked about policies that could help with this to create more happiness, especially in women with postpartum depression. Can you talk to me about some policies that were created or things that you've you've seen happen in the, on the policy level with this?
0: Yeah, there's actually some really cool stuff happening in Washington. Mm. Um, there's this act called the Momnibus Act that um, Vice President Harris packed passed. Are you aware no, of I'm it?
1: No, i no, not familiar. Please.
0: Well, the idea is to support all women to have equity in, you know, in having a baby. And what's it's kind of shocking because in the states, you know, we're one of the wealthiest countries in the world, but we have some of the poorest maternal health care in the world, and it affects black and and people of color. Um, almost four times as much as as th- the rest of you guys, um, not the rest of us, and, uh, w- and it's not that's not right, you know. So, the, like infant mortality affects a black woman in the United States four times more than it would a white woman in the United States today, and that's that's not okay.
1: And is that so, from the the social economical conditions that they're raised up in, like where the environments of where they are? Is that what the causes with that or
0: Um, you know, it's like a multitude of things coming together, but yes, it's Mm -hmm. also, you know, just access to great care. It's access Mm -hmm. to postpartum care. It's Mm -hmm. access to, you know, we as women need to, to prepare our bodies to bring new life into this world. It's a big job, you know, that's the big, that's the biggest, best job we get to have. And, um, and, you know, we all need to, come into pregnancy as healthy as we can be to have a healthy happy baby and to be happy ourselves it's 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 actually you know 12th century china we can talk about china but this is really fascinating 12th century sure. china they decided as a society mm-hmm. that they're going to make their society the healthiest society in the world and you know how they dis- how what they did no they implemented something called the confinement period and that was for new mothers for three mo- for basically 40 days, but at least three, but up to three months after they have the baby, they call it, you know, it's the fourth trimester to make sure that the new mother is taken care of, that she's not doing anything that robs her energy so you can replenish. And so that the baby's taken care of. And so that there's support around her with grandparents mm-hmm. and like a village of support to love her and take care of her as well as the baby. So that she can be ready for this next part of her life, and that that wasn't just like oh let's be really progressive and cool. It was like that's actually the key to the health of our entire society is to focus on taking care of the new mother after birth.
1: That's incredible, and you look at it because the way that we kind of grow up now in these boxes, these houses, is that we don't have that village of support, generally speaking, um, unless unless you are on the same neighborhood with all your uh, family members and close tribal individuals that you can you know work as a village to raise a child, we don't really have that. And the other piece that kind of lays into that as well is that there is no manual. There is no, there is no instructions for raising a child, even though it is one of the most important things we have. And so how have you, you know, with the, with what you've done, um, created structural support or guidance for these um, women bringing new lives into this world?
0: Well, so at Happy, we actually have a group of expert Lactation consultants, registered dietitians, even mental health care coordinators that you can text to chat with, which I Uh, think is really cool. At Healthy, my new company, it's all about developmental health. And mm -hmm. to me, like the deepest solution to so many of our problems is just a deeper connection to your child Mm -hmm. that can overcome so much, just a deep, true, deep connection. Mm -hmm. If we focus on that from the very beginning of life, Um, and we actually do kind of have a manual because I agree with you. There's not a manual. And the thing is when we, if, if 33% of us, let's say are facing some level of postpartum depression, it's really difficult to connect with your baby when you're, it's a, it's a stressful time, you know, Mm -hmm. and we can't pretend it's not. So like why, you know, but why not, why not support like from every day, every week have ideas, inspiration someone to talk to. We have a parenting coach, Marielle Benjamin, and, Mm -hmm. you know, you can call her, you can text to chat with her and she's quite literally seen it all. And like any resource you might need, she'll point you in that direction and they don't cost anything. So I think, you know, the key is making all of the best and brightest information available to the world in a democratized way. Mm -hmm. Um, But when you're building a business, we pair, you know, you pair that with the products so that the more you grow the platform, the louder you can, you know, voice your position on how to change the world. So I think that's that's kind of like my dream come true is like having is is being able to be you know, in one in eight households in the U.S. that have a baby, um, you know, with products, because then we get to also share all of these other things that are meaningful to us and ideally, you know, can help transform a family.
1: Wow. Are you in one in eight households or is that the goal? Is that what the...
0: Uh, no, we are. That, yeah. Happy are? products are. Yeah.
1: Wow. That's incredible. Just cool. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: what I mean, if you go back to when I had that idea, it was like completely broke, you know, zero rich uncles. Um, I grew up in a motel room in Alabama. It's not like, didn't look like this. And, um, yeah, I mean, we like, it took many years, but, um, and when we first launched, we were in just a handful of stores, like five stores. And now, you know, now happy's in 25 countries around the world. So it's, it's grown into quite a movement.
1: That's awesome. And it's great about that because, you you know, it's a struggle to climb up the mountain with little support. So you're kind of carving a path, allowing other people to kind of come up behind you with raising and creating a healthy ba- uh, family and baby. Um, and it sounds like you're making a bunch of super genius babies over there um, with what you're doing uh, with the neurological wow. upgrading. So I'd love to explore that a little bit when you're talking about how you're helping with that. Uh, I, would, I would call it a neurological upgrading um, for these for these babies that are being born. But can you expand upon that a bit?
0: Yeah. Well, so, you know, when a baby comes into the world, like when you, literally at the moment of conception, this is kind of fascinating. So if if your body, if you're taking folic acid at the moment of conception, we know that you have a 40% decreased chance of having a child with a neurological disorder like autism. Um, there are 350 studies that have come out in the last 20 years that have actually informed a new prenatal that we're launching at Healthy Baby and, um, and that's because things have changed in the last 20 years, but a lot of the standards and the regulatory has not. So, you know, actually supplements are not a regulated, it's funny, you think that FDA would regulate supplements, but they're not. So when we looked at all the prenatals, we actually found that about 10% of them had high heavy metals, which is like kind of shocking um, for a prenatal. So like wow. if you're talking about neurological health, number one, first and foremost, is protect. Protect the biology. Make sure it's clean. Make sure there's nothing that's a neurotoxin that could possibly affect how we develop. And so back to like that very first day, so the moment of conception, what starts happening within the first week is cells, you know, the, the embryo, well, there's like one cell and it starts dividing into a number of cells mm-hmm. and they line up. And four of them line up, and that's the beginning of your nervous system. That's it's the beginning of your spinal column.
1: Oh, and, really?
0: And every day something happens that should that has a planned order, a natural order. And as long as the body has everything it needs, um, there's a high likelihood that the natural order can happen. But in today's world, we're going into pregnancy iron deficient. A lot of us have a gene mutation that makes it difficult for us to even but you know, uh, bioavailably use folic acid. So like mm-hmm. I have MTHFR gene mutation. That means I have to take methylfolate if I want fol- folic acid to work in my body. And so, you know, there's just so much that I've learned the hard way, I think, from having a son with autism, which I think mm-hmm. he's the most beautiful person in the world, and I and and in fact, one of the happiest people in the world when he is happy. But it, it brings me quite a bit of sadness to think that he's so brilliant and beautiful and his challenges with communication and being around others could rob the world from his gifts in the future. And mm-hmm. when I see that and then you see a stat like one in 44, and then I've learned so much about what we can do to possibly prevent and then also support true health. Um, you know, I focus a lot of my time on sharing that knowledge with new moms because I, I want I want everybody to know that there's a lot we can do to have a happy, healthy baby. And yeah, t- you know, just just taking a prenatal is like a, is a really great first step, which a lot of moms don't have access to.
1: Yeah, that's great. And I didn't realize it. So you're saying that you know a lot of these supplements aren't regulated because they're not regulated. There's you said there's metals inside the chemicals that are that, that that found or
0: well. That- It's supplements aren't regulated by the FDA. So it's like we can rely on third party, um, third party sort of standards. Mm -hmm. And at healthy baby, we're always kind of creating what we believe should be the highest standard. Mm -hmm. We did that with diapers. We created a a diaper. That's the first ever third party regulated EWG verified diaper because Mm -hmm. it excludes 4,600 chemicals and, and materials that have been in the supply chain, for the last hundred years in the world of diapers, that we don't believe should be around a baby, but yeah. so so yeah, with with so many things, it's it's kind of on us to get information and make better choices. Mm-hmm. But it's also it's also like it shouldn't be so hard, you know. <laughs> yeah,
1: well, it's a we you know we built this whole society uh, to try to solve some problems, but we create other problems along the way, right? So you know we built buildings protect us from the elements but then we don't realize that sometimes there's asbestos in those buildings which comes down and compounds the issue so as we solve one problem we create another like they say you can't invent the ship without inventing the shipwreck right so as you build one thing you have another issue i want to expand upon something that you touched upon which you're talking about the babies and the babies diapers and excluding elements and chemicals what was the reasoning behind that and what are the policies that that uh you know that you would be looking to change if you were able to kind of make that happen.
0: Well, you know, in the world of business, one of the best tools for anybody who's like thinking about starting a business or wants to, I think is B Corp. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, the B Corp movement is really amazing. Uh, It's, it's basically this, this organization that sets this new standard for businesses to create, you know, more than just profit. It's businesses with purpose, but it's Mm -hmm. an idea of, you know, balancing the need to have profits with also creating a healthy environment, um, doing, you know, everything from an inclusive standpoint, and then thinking about the issues that our world are facing. So I think, um, you know, when you think about like a regulatory environment, if we wait for our governments to to jump in, many times we're gonna wait too long, or finally they'll make the right choice, and then five minutes later, um, You know, somebody new will come into office and it'll get undone like we saw with the Paris Accords. Mm -hmm. And so B Corp, for instance, is this cool organization that stamps you with the B Corp stamp once you've met their standards. And they kind of give you this playbook for how to build a business for good in today's world. And when we were a B Corp, there might have been 200 of them back in what 2009, 2010. Mm-hmm. And now there are like 150,000 people using the B Lab tools, which are tools to help them create a more just and meaningful business as well as being profitable. So I think there are ways that we can lean on different groups to kind of mm-hmm. self-regulate, but it's really hard, I think, to, to wait for the gov- government to regulate. And even for instance, B Corp, like the UN has the SDG goals. Which mm-hmm. are the greatest goals of all time, yeah. and if we could all just achieve those goals, we will have a better, happier, healthier planet. It is, uh, it is, it is said, it is known, you know, and um, you know, the minute and President Obama signed it, and mm-hmm. we were ready to go, and then of course that act came undone um, in our last administration, and uh, but the but B Corp said, you know, just because the U.S. government isn't Sign on, we're going to take this SDG goals and we're going to create a roadmap for how to achieve the SDG goals, which are basically sustainability, you know, development, um, a lot of carbon neutrality, like the the way forward. And they're going to say, well, we're going to talk to all of our businesses about within their businesses what they can do to achieve Mm -hmm. the goals. And it's amazing because it's actually how you affect change. It's kind of a grassroots community style, but within a business. So you're incorporating, you know, the the roadmap into how you run your company and those of us who do it have had a lot of success so i think it's i think it's you know it's important for us to rely on public policy and governance and keep pushing things forward as best we can but in the meantime make the changes ourselves hold ourselves up to the highest Mm. and best standards until everyone catches up because we have to
1: yeah be the change we wish to see in the world and have that kind of bottom-up approach. And that's, I mean, a, a lot of times that's what we want. We we wish someone else would do it. You know, we wish everybody else would change to make the world a, play, a better place, but really we've got to start with us, right? And that's that the B Corp, the Benefit Corps. Um, I've taken a look at that for my own company personally. I read through, there is quite a, 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 a it's a process to go through, but you look oh, yeah. at it, you, re- you really think about it from all those different uh, standpoints. Yeah. And you look at, okay, the carbon impact, what about this? What about that? You know, there's a whole, um, multitude of papers going through that it actually does make you aware because a lot of this is comes to not people are necessarily bad it's it's people are in these uh mentalities where it's not they're not aware of it and they're in a survival mentality right they're trying to survive they're trying to survive as a business and they're, and they're just unaware of the damage or the impact that it causes so what i, what I really like about this is it kind of bubbles up to the surface a lot of these unknown issues that we aren't aware of like um bringing it back to the diapers you know, it's just oh, the diapers in the store. I buy this diapers. I I give them to the baby, and that's it. And then my now my baby poops in the diapers, and I throw that away. We don't understand that there's an unknown aspect that happens there.
0: Yeah, it's actually a real dirty business that I'm. I feel like it's sort of my duty to clean up. But and it literally, I know. There's
1: three it's... three poop jokes in there. I want to let you know that. So.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, but it does happen like one change at a time, which is another like, but. It, but every change ca- counts, you know, and yeah. it's like that. It's funny because we we make a lot of poop jokes, but uh, it's like after a baby's di- pooped, if you're going to use disposable diapers, which, you yeah. know, we have and we have cloth ones and we let it be your choice. We all have to exist in our world, but we should do it thoughtfully. You know, It, it we're like, well, if you're going to use if you if your baby just had a poop, you might want to use a cloth diaper for the next one because it's way easier to use cloth for urine you know, and then it's one less diaper in, in the landfill. Um, meanwhile we are systemically changing th- the diaper itself to innovate. So everything in our diaper that touches baby's skin is made of plants. Um, we less, mm-hmm. we use less material. We use innovative sort of weaving technologies to make the diaper more effective with less material, but it's still, you know, it's a process. You just don't snap your fingers and overnight it happens like with happy, you know, You think about organic baby food, and you think, well, the whole world deserves to have organic baby food. Nobody should be eating dirty food, right? But in our country, almost fifty percent of moms um, are born, or babies are born to mothers who are low income, into, and they're in the WIC program. And the Mm -hmm. WIC program is the you know Women, Infant, Children program, and they provide um, they provide a lot of supplemental support for parents to buy food and get access to things but the food for babies uh historically was not you were not allowed to use wick dollars for organic baby
1: food wow (laughs) yes which is like
0: yeah if you think about that it's kind of like wait there's chemicals in that food and their bodies are developing every day their little bodies and their little brains their little organs are developing based on what they eat and we should only give our babies the cleanest best food and everybody deserves that every baby deserves to be a happy baby it's like bill of rights you know i think and um so but we started actually i've been working on that from from for almost 10 years um but we finally were able to go state by state Mm -hmm. develop a product that is organic but that meets the standards for how it should look if it's allowed in WIC and go state by state to get WIC approval. And now we're able to service 67% of the WIC market. And that, you know, that took like basically 15 years to get to a place of, hey, I have an idea. Every baby in the world should have organic baby food to now we can service 67% of the lower income babies. And we're still going all the way to 100%, but it takes time.
1: What's the, that's incredible. So, I mean, you want to talk about a big policy change because it, it, the, the people that need the most usually have the less the least ability to affect change right so that's the poor economic people the ones that need support are the ones that it's it's you know it's hard to get out of that that hole i'd say that of struggle and so you went state by state changing or adapting your baby food to meet the model for the WIC program so that you can get your baby food into the people that need it the most. And and you've been state by state. Now you say you're 67%. Is that because you've gone through 67% of the states and there's mm-hmm. that many more states to go? Mm-hmm. Okay. Is it speeding up as a process that you're starting to figure out, you know, what, you know, what kind of tap dance you need to do to get this to be approved? Or, you know, what's the timeline to, to hit that 100%? Um,
0: I wish I knew. I know <laughs> every day is a, and you think, you know, it's kind of crazy with the pandemic. Uh, we had like New York WIC approved status during the pandemic. It was sort of a, they made that a, um, almost like a temporary measure mm-hmm. and then they've kept it. So that's cool. So, you know, I, every, every state is a different animal. Um, it's run by different people. And, um, and again, it's a process. And I have this like incredible team at happy that is mm-hmm. so committed to truly making a change. And it's because we were founded with those ideals. I think that's so important. You know, like there are businesses that are, start, are started quite literally to make money and there's nothing wrong with that. But for me, I couldn't, I couldn't start a company, I couldn't unless it was, it, unless it was a vehicle for change. I, I wouldn't, I, I don't like to be a part of anything that doesn't have good karma you know especially for our children but I also like i don't i don't want to eat food if it came from like from something that could have possibly created harm in any way and I, I think that that's really important because it's there's something about that dna of of the early days that has stayed and so now that the business has scaled and then like but the dna is still there that purpose is like it's so cool to see more and more people you know adopt the way you're thinking. And it's,
1: um, it makes there's me a, happy. <laughs> there's a, uh, that's awesome. The, I mean, you look at that, there's generally come out with ideas. Uh, the the good mm-hmm. ideas normally start out as that's crazy. And it moves from crazy to prolific, prolific to common sense. Right. And so when you first started out with organic baby foods and the, and, and what you were doing, it was in the more of the crazy bucket of that's, that's really intense. And I think we're going right now we're probably prolific to common sense and that's kind of what we're trying to get to right now can you talk to me about you know uh any moments that you realize that what you've been advocating for this whole time had become more adopted or was there any certain moments in thresholds was it um uh, obama acknowledging you or was there something else along the path that that you're like oh wow I'm. I have now got, gained more people to my cause of of pushing forward on this mission, goal, and vision.
0: Yeah, you know, I, I can actually. So I um I started Happy in two thousand three, and I left as the CEO in January two thousand eighteen or December seventeen, but like right around then. Mm-hmm. And I left when we were the leading organic baby food company in the country. And I left when you know we were only second to Gerber in terms of baby food and that's like Nestle and that's been around for quite some time and you know, Gerber, watch out, but, um, but in a good way. Um, But I, I left at that moment where I felt like, okay, I started something in my kitchen in Brooklyn Mm -hmm. and I left where we've expanded internationally. We have this partner in Danone. Um, I have this incredible team, and frankly, I have it's not that I have less to give. It's like I might have more to do elsewhere because I think we're on the path to solving the initial problem. For me, the initial problem was what can I do to affect the trajectory of children's health mm-hmm. in a positive way? And happy has achieved is achieving that now with food and nutrition and support and love. And I feel like the company has scaled so well and managed to really maintain the heart and soul that that was there from the beginning, the heartbeat is still there, I'd, I felt like they didn't need me anymore. Mm. Um, and so maybe that was my metric, you know? Like baby I felt business like was all,
1: okay. Your baby business was all grown up.
0: Well, that one. And I felt like I had other business to attend to because now I have this son with this neurological disorder. And I'm realizing that wait a second, ba- organic baby food is part of the answer, but there's another massive epidemic, as we talked about. And I think, you know, for me, it was like, wait a second, um, neurological disorders require more than just organic food to support. Mm-hmm. It starts from prenatal health all the way through, you know, when the when baby's born, and then that, those early days, that time bonding is so critical for healthy brain development. If you're wearing a mask, if you're always on your phone, this is a real challenge. Um, if we live in a toxic environment, you know, like, in that that's in every way. Like, in Jersey City, where we lived, we lived on a really pretty busy road. There's a hospital, and it was pretty, like, I would say heavy air pollution. And so, you know, I'm lucky to have changed our environment because I was so scared of autism and what it, what it was going to do what, how it was going to express itself with zane and he's it's a journey like he's now just turned 12 he started talking when he's eight but not very much and you know every day we have like full-on ptsd worthy challenges and we have but we have a daughter who's five and everything i learned about what could make a difference i applied to to my pregnancy with her and then the first few years of life and she got to participate in a lot of his therapies and mm-hmm. i think you'll find this fascinating cuz you're like a, you're into the stuff but there's this science this neuroscience uh-huh. that has never really been put into the home environment but it's a, it's in, it's been clinically seen and it's called environmental enrichment and so what it means is that even if you've had possible toxic exposures, and even if your brain tissue is possibly affected, there's mm-hmm. there's something called neuroplasticity, which means that your brain can adapt and constantly learn and grow. And it's what gives me hope as a parent to a child with special needs. But not only can it adapt and grow, you can affect it positively. So with the right type of enrichment, meaning that like when the baby is in a safe space, like all of us, we make better decisions when we're feeling safe and calm. Like, I don't know about you, but like, I don't make my best decisions when I'm like super fearful or full of anxiety. It's really difficult to kind of think yeah. straight. And it's also really difficult to learn in those scenarios. Like, you can't teach a drowning man how to read. Yeah. Like, he's, you know, you just yeah, can't. 100%. Yeah. And so for babies, it's so fascinating, but you can do so much with a diaper change. And so I'm thinking, okay, well, let's make the vehicle the diaper and make it a vehicle for change. And you can actually inspire because this is a moment where you're providing comfort, it's actually a sweet moment. Like you're taking the baby there in distress, you're providing comfort, you're creating a safe space, your face is right there, you can interact. There's one million neural connections being made per second in that baby's brain. And so every moment really can be a time to enrich the environment. So if you have a safe, connected environment and then you bring in something novel, Quite literally, makes the brain expand into being more deeper, deeply connected, and that's Mm. kind of what we all want: is a more connected child in a world today where I think we're facing a lot of, you know, there's there are forces that are working to make us less cognitively strong, and that's like you know our phones and this sort of digital world that we have to live with, but we also need to stay connected as human beings.
1: Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah. The technology ultimately that's meant to connect us is disconnecting us in some ways, shapes, and forms. And you know, getting awareness of that and pushing on that is something that I think a lot of people are trying to figure out how to how to combat it because you know, we're going to like the lowest common denominator of entertainment and all those things that are out there right now, which are very distraction oriented, but they're entertaining. Um, but that yeah, they're like matter.
0: quick dopamine hits.
1: Yeah, little hits, right? I know you
0: work on that um with your work mm-hmm. and I'm really mm-hmm. proud to support that because like I I love the idea of using the tech as a force for good and actually a tech to, to create connections is so, yeah. it's so yeah. incredible.
1: Um, yeah. And that's, I mean, and that is some of the work I'm, I'm doing and I don't know. Um, yeah, that is some of the stuff that I'm very much into is like, how do you use like, you know, I don't know if I mentioned, but like, we know we're building that uh, a family oriented esports game based around kindness to help people be able to buy it with a more loving themselves, better be able to play better in the environment because they, you know, in games, you get very stressed out, you get very ragey. Um, and then you feel shame and guilt and fear and doubt when you don't know how to communicate what you feel and frustrations in the games. And so, um, yeah, so I'll, yes, very much passionate about using that technology to be able to aid people in the right direction. But we're all trying to like figure out how do we take this ever evolving technology um, and and apply it for a force of good. Um, one thing that popped in my head uh, was just it was just an—it was just an idea. I'm just gonna say it because it came to me while you're talking about it. Was I just pictured almost like a fortune cookie on the back of the baby diaper? There's a little, like a little tidbit note for the mom, right? Every time you pull out a baby diapers, you could take a look at it. And we're like, oh, okay. Staring at your baby for for five minutes, you know, helps with the connections in the neural. You know, I pictured those little, those little pieces <laughs> a little, of good. Yeah, little little informations of good. We um, send
0: those. We send those. Uh, over email weekly but, <laughs> okay. but so but yes it doesn't have to, you you could even save the paper on you know, oh that's that, that's very a very really good fair. Idea, yeah. i
1: i appreciate you yeah because that's the things i'm not considering i just thought that would be a beautiful thing i but i remember my um my best just, friend my uh, sorry
0: no i'm just like you know very aware of babies paper. putting things in their mouth you'll yeah, see one do. day they, when you become a dad they put everything oh, in their mouth
1: man my my, my best friend he just just had a just had a baby last year right and mm. i went over there and i and i and i held her and she was like that big and what i didn't realize is the 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 eye staring that they make they will like look at you and they like you like there is nothing else in in their world besides your face yeah. and they and that is what they're around and, and 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 then you just feel that like sense of not only love but connection responsibility right honor it is a, it's an amazing weird like i'm getting tingles just thinking about it like that that connection of there's so much um pressure and love at the same time um i'm not there yet i i was just i was a i was a a, a rented dad for a moment that i got to that's take care really of really
0: special that you know that because that moment those moments that's what's teaching the baby what's important and that's creating the connection and to the you know when i was talking about environmental enrichment they did studies on mice that had been exposed to certain toxic chemicals whose brains Mm -hmm. had been altered and were displaying symptoms of all kinds of neurological disarray and then they exposed other mice to these sensory enriching activities and then exposed them to that same level of chemical exposure yet they yet they were not affected oh it's interesting And so So it actually creates resilience in the brain tissue to, to, to make deeper connections. Mm. So, you know, when you do that, like, that's the thing is if you had, let's just say your mom, which, yeah. and let's just say I'm thinking I'm, I'm breastfeeding, which is like part of our global solution mm. is to support moms in every way, shape and form. So they can breastfeed if they want to. Um, but if I'm breastfeeding, I, I didn't know this until recently, but then, but I'm also on my phone cause you know, I have like a lot of stuff going on. So I think I'm doing the best thing, which I'm doing. Great, I'm, not, I'm proud of myself, I'm a good mom. But like, I'm also on my phone, like, the baby is looking at me, looking at this thing. And it's a really mind-blowing thing, but imagine what they're, the baby's thinking if, they're not, if you're not looking at them during that time.
1: Oh,
0: They're thinking that thing is like really important to her. I love her so much, and she loves that thing. And that thing becomes this shiny little object and it's almost like we're tra- you know we're training from the very early days just yeah. from mirror neurons we're training our children to to you know want that so it's it's just like very critical to be mindful of how babies look at you just is like what like you said, it is an honor, it is a responsibility and it's beautiful and it's joy and people need to have the time and space to have that connection versus being like, I've got to work, I have to go back to work, I don't have enough money, I need to like, we need to pay the bills, like it's stressful and, yeah. I, and we just need to support new parents more so that it, it can be less stressful because that's the beginning of life.
1: And that's a a really big challenge that you're talking about, is because there's these subtle learning moments that you don't realize that you're teaching your child every second of every day. And there, and while you may not be telling them directly, you're talking about mirror neurons. They're modeling your behavior, they're they're modeling your actions and your and your subconscious belief patterns and structures and what you feed yourself and enrich yourself with. And it's and it's very difficult to bring that to the surface if you're not even aware of it, right? We talked about being enlightened. Um, was part of the things that they mentioned with what, what you're trying to do. Um, one of the greatest challenges, uh, especially I have, a, I have another friend of mine, um, young woman who uh, just uh, she's she's making a feminine product. Um, she's pregnant, about eight months pregnant. Um, she's raised a whole bunch of capital and she's trying to balance out because she's got a lot of pressure um, from her investors um, who wanted to keep working. But she's just about to have this baby. And so she's trying to figure out how do I balance out? You know, being the CEO of this company, having a baby, doing that whole thing, and also, you know, just building up this new company and all that stuff. Like how? Let me ask you from from your perspective. I mean, uh, being in that position, you know, what advice would you give to someone like that—a uh, young female CEO who's, you know, you know, has her work baby and her actual baby coming—and how do you, how does someone mal- uh, balance something like that?
0: I mean, I quite literally have been there, so I know. Um... <laughs> I remember being eight months pregnant with Zane and also being the CEO of like this taking off company and there was so much. um, Number one, I'd say sit down now with your village, whoever your village is, and come up with a plan of support because regardless uh, of what happens, we all know that a new mother is going to need support. And she needs to be able to take time to bond with her baby. And she needs to be able to have, I don't know what the partner situation is, but like you and your partner, you and your team of whoever you have around you, your friends, your neighbors, yeah. like make a plan now so that when the baby comes, you're not alone in it. Um, you know, there's there are caregivers. It, you, you know, not everybody has to, it's, it's okay to have... It's okay to have help, and it's okay for other people to take care of the baby. It can be refreshing when you're so exhausted. It's probably better for the new baby for you to be playing with the new baby for a couple hours, um, Mm -hmm. and do a feeding and a diaper change, and you know, and then and make sure that she knows when anyone's coming over that Mm -hmm. there should be there should be a list prominently displayed of things that need to get done, so that when you come over, you help with one of those things. Oh, that's cool like prepare to be helpful prepare prepare your village to be helpful make it known that you will that she will need help and and tell make her share with her investors that her belief systems require one day that company so my company had happy at least yeah. has an 18 week paid maternal and paternal leave policy regard regardless of adoption there's an additional eight weeks of recovery time. Um, as the founder and CEO, a lot of times you don't you don't take care of take the benefits that that one day you want to give your employees because maybe you're not at that place. But by doing something, by showing your employees that you are doing that, and your investors too, it sets the stage for that to be the expectation. And mm-hmm. so I think that she has to set the expectation that this is an important part of my life as well as my company. And it's not that, you know, she has to have a support system in the business to, you know, she's allowed to take time off. It doesn't mean she's a hundred percent disconnected, but there needs to be a plan. And if she wants to talk to me, I can walk her through some of the, some of the specifics. Cause I'm happy to help. It's like what I do. I'll,
1: <laughs> I'll be happy to connect you. She's the, the, like the, she's like the, um, main she's the only founder she's like 100 percent equity minus investors and and she's doing well but uh i I recently heard her uh um having a conversation about it and it was just lined up perfectly so um i will pass the information along i'm sure she'd be very interested so thank you for that um that's incredible um it's uh uh, i'm i i feel uh, um uh, uh, sometimes very blessed that i i don't have to make those hard decisions Right. I couldn't imagine trying to balance out both of those situations where you have all those um, emotions going along and trying to, you know, honor the people that have supported you. But also you have this new life coming into the world that you want to do your very best, which makes me want her to connect her with uh, what you're talking about. with Some of the um, uh, supplements she should and the definitely take so- our prenatal,
0: yeah. <laughs> it, it even if like- it's just the fourth trimester, which is a meaningful <laughs> trimester, which is after you have the baby.
1: I will, I will a hundred percent, uh, talk to her, um, after this, after uh, we get done with this and, and, and get her on this, this would be great. Um, I do want to take another step back because you're talking about your missions and visions. You're talking about how you grew, uh, your other companies up and it was, it's grown up and it's kind of on its own. And you've kind of completed that and you're shifting gears and you're moving to another area that you're deeply passionate about a, um, tendential, but still the same neurological health of the child. And so you've created a new company called Healthy Baby. Can you talk to me about what is your holy grail for that company? Can you talk to me a little bit about what's that, you know, what are you looking to achieve with that?
0: Well, I mean, for me with Healthy Baby, I want to be the one box solution for parents um, so they get everything they need and nothing they don't in an easy way. And the dream is to create not just the content that can support their neurological health, but provide the emotional support. So we have this in um, Marielle Benjamin and Dr. Elisa Pressman, who are like kind of on call as you need them. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's to protect, enrich, and support. And so, you know, creating products that are truly protective of our biology and our neurobiology, I think is really central to it but it's also like you know um there's just so much extra stuff when you have a baby that you don't need mm-hmm. or there's great stuff that you use but then you grow out of it so kind of my dream is to create this one platform where we protect and enrich and support we provide you with a one box solution based on your age and stage of development and then we also allow you to share the things that you don't need with the with other families and other cohorts so let's say you have a nine month old and you've grown out of a number of things that you used you know zero to three or three to six months like wouldn't it be great to send that to another family that needs it Mm
1: -hmm. and so i want
0: to help facilitate that
1: oh that's cool yeah i mean it's it's i mean they grow so fast Um, they grow so
0: fast and a lot of baby products are made to last they're like almost like medical grade devices so um they you know they need to be recycled and shared
1: that's and everybody that.
0: wants the very best for their baby. So I want to find a way to share share all of that and democratize it. And I think it might take a little bit of time, but I also think that there's a lot of heart for what we're doing.
1: I love that. And for that, if that's the Holy Grail, what's the dragon? What's the big thing that is, is, might be so difficult to overcome you might need to transform yourself or how you operate in order to make that happen?
0: Oh, okay, the dragon. Well... Gosh, there are a lot of like mini dragons. It's like, sure. it's kind of like in game of Thrones when she had like the little ones and they were all like, they, if you don't like you watch out, all of a sudden they become big and scary. Yeah, um, the, horde,
1: the horde of dragons. Yeah. for you. Uh,
0: well, I, you know, I think dry, building awareness is really important and that's really yeah. hard. Um, so I, you know, I thank you for this opportunity to share what I'm working on, but it's, mm-hmm. When I say awareness, I mean like really penetrating um, the world of parenting, so that everybody knows this is actually something that exists to support them and to mm-hmm. make their lives better. I think that's that's one of the dragons. Um, you know, another is just is just like, and I think it's I think I've, I'm taming this one, but it's just like always. I I only want to work with really good people with mm-hmm. big good hearts are totally focused and and like dedicated to the mission and i think that's really hard um sometimes to find with Mm -hmm. that where someone has the experience you need and you're looking for all of those other core values because we set this like really high bar but um i think it's a nice i think it's actually a nice sweet dragon
1: uh, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, a lot of that, I mean, especially because, I mean, I do a lot of work in social, emotional learning, like the awareness is the first step of anything, right? Like you got to be aware. You can't change something that you're not aware of. Um, And I can see that And that, that mission alignment, like capable people that you also align with vision wise, mission wise is that, you know, because there's that, like the better someone gets, there's that whole thing that people say they they become unlikable. Right. And so that holy grail is finding that really capable and really person that you completely align with.
0: And um, I, I do have a really incredible team, Amy, my president and James, my yeah. founding partner. And if we have, we do have a really special group and yeah. I'm not, all, I'm not actually always the most likable that does happen.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, part of that is, is owning the humanity of the situation. You're allowed to get pissed, right? You're allowed to be sad. You know, it's more yeah. that
0: you, you want so much. You have this like, I have this deeply high, high, high expectation. And when things don't turn into what I want in the moment... It's not mm-hmm. because of me or my ego. It's just because I want something for the rest of us. And, and I get disappointed when it doesn't happen quickly enough. So it's something I'm working on, it's... tempering. But like all in- entrepreneurs battle that, you know, yeah. it's like, yeah. it's like what's next and I've got to build something else. and I've got to build something else. And I, I am a little bit that way. I, yeah. I love to support anybody who's on, you know, their own mission to do something good in the world. And um, yeah, and, and I, you have to, but you have to stay humble along the way because.
1: Pleasantly productive is a hard thing. It's a hard thing to be in because the tension is, is where the growth happens. Right. And and so how do you, how do you keep in tension, but still keep that calm, you know, that calmness it's a, uh, it's a challenge for anybody. Um, And that is, you know, happiness and productivity. Right. It could could be a whole other podcast episode we could dive deep into. Totally.
0: Um, And
1: and I'm, I'm sure that the, uh, that need for high standards and design more is, is has served you um along your path you know um but i feel that it's you know it's it's good to get the awareness of how, how we can all improve um i do want to mention something so you talked about awareness as a key piece of getting people aware you have something coming out soon that is going to drive a lot of attention around awareness do you want to talk about that a little bit
0: Yeah, um, you're so nice. Um, It's Actually, I'm launching my own podcast. It's called The Healthy Baby Show. It's um, going to be on iHeart. And the idea is quite literally to share everything that I learned the first time around that I wish I had known. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, now that I know better, I want to share it with you. Um, It launches March 23rd, actually. And uh, each episode Mm -hmm. should be like... Fairly enlightening for anyone who's thinking about bringing new life into this world.
1: That's awesome. So especially for anybody that is uh, a new term I heard called nesting mm-hmm. um, and uh, getting ready to have a baby or is in the midst of it and looking for advice, guidance, insights. Um, I, I always find it amazing when I'm trying to figure out something new is to figure out find someone who's dedicated their life towards it and uh, listen to them.
0: it is it quite literally is my life's work i i can't find anything that gives me more joy and rewards me more than working to help new parents feel better and to to create a healthier happier world for that baby there's just like there's nothing more fulfilling for me i have not figured out anything better than that to do with my time i mean besides you know being a mom to my kids but um yeah so i think that's uh Thank you for, yeah, please listen to it.
1: I hope Absolutely. it's, good. I it's yeah. good. Well, I mean, with all that being said, this has been an amazing time chatting with you. Um, is there anything else you'd like to let people know about before they you tell them how to find your new podcast coming out?
0: Yeah, so the new podcast is at health. You'll be able to see it at healthybaby.com. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can also see the rest of the things we're working on that we've mentioned. And then um, just remember at happy family you can go to the site and text to chat if anyone is looking for additional support, um, right now, especially from a mental health standpoint, we have the resources there for you. And I I want any, you know, any new parent mom and dad, this is not just about moms. This is about all of us together in it to bring new life into this world, that there's support there for you. So please use the resources, please.
1: Beautiful. Shazi, it's an honor and a pleasure. Thank you so much for being on the show. I really appreciate your time and the mission that you're on. Uh, Have a have a blessed and beautiful day. And I will see you on the other side.
0: Same. Bye. Thank you. Bye.
1: Thank you for listening to the Heroes of Reality podcast. Check out heroesofreality.com
0: for more episodes. While you're there, you can also take the Heroes quiz to find out what kind of hero you are. Or if you have a great story and want to be on the podcast, tell us why your hero's journey will inspire others thank you for listening see you on the other side